Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience and skills. Let's go, let's rock and roll. This is 2020, 2020 vision is the topic for the meet today. Okay. Now, um, we've had a pretty uh, half-tied uh, attendance at Elite Six this week, and I'm wondering if I should start have a five-week break over the Christmas period. No. They can't make it. It's their problem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's we cool. can barely last without you over that long. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I can hear what you're saying. It has been a, quite a good week, actually, because what I have enjoyed about this week is the fact that everyone seems to be running pretty slow, and the normal interruptions of our telephones and the appointments that we usually have aren't there. Yeah. And, and, and it's been quite a nice way to coast up to a a climax that we seem to get to at the uh, just before we break up at Christmas time and everyone's running over their head chopped off, so to speak. So it's quite, I'm going to sneeze, that's going to be good on the, on the podcast. Um, so I thought uh, do something different, so there's only a handful of here. Why did you come here today? We're asking ourselves that too. <laughs> <laughs> to see you after your big long holiday. Yeah, it was a big long holiday. I don't know if I can label it a holiday. I actually did a podcast last night. 61 minutes long and I thought I can sit there and talk about me for 61 minutes long. I was listening to it back again because I like listening to myself on the way back from Europe this morning and that's quite an art really. Painter and a decorator background and now I sit there and I talk for 61 minutes non-stop. Helen had to listen to me and not say anything or laugh or giggle because she did very well last night. I yeah. <laughs> and um, I thought it's not really a holiday when I just did it was an endurance test <laughs> because some of those things you do. So, um, so Back to why we come here today. What were you hoping? What were you hoping to achieve by turning up here? Well, I think the reason I come is uh, for stimulation. Uh, because I work by myself, it's great to be around other business owners and just not think that I've got all the weight of the world's problems on my shoulders, and to be able to share with other people and feel as though I'm. I'm, I'm part of it and people understand and, and from time to time I'll pick up gems while I'm able to buy my own business uh, and then hopefully maybe somewhere along the line I've been able to help some of the other people who have been here as well so that's the reason I come yep. It's a double win situation, win for me. So not really thinking about why you're coming here today? I mean, no, that's I'm just today. in general. Yeah. yeah. I think with today, you're right, we're all a bit, oh, we really have to start back at work, just unstill out, we can still do another thing. So it is just a getting back into those routines that help with our business throughout the year. So I just about feel like getting a bottle of bubbles and cracking a glass open and carrying on. Okay, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back. Yeah. and Sharon, this is one of those routines. Yeah, yeah it's like cracking the bubbles and yeah. restart. Yeah. It's part of our life. Because to be honest, it's been quite a hard week for me because I'm, I've been four weeks of thinking and I've got all these new ideas and things I want to implement and get going. I love um, creating ideas and implementing them, you see. And, uh, you know, so, I, you know, I've been sort of uh, sitting here, oh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, and some people just haven't got their uh, going again yet. And then I'm looking at going to Bangladesh and there's 20 million people and I said to somebody this morning, it'd be nice to scoop a piece of that pie out and chuck that population into Christchurch because we are kind of like in a depopulated city. But then do I want to ruin that? And then how do we create a business that sustains our lifestyle that we must have? That's such a big topic to bring up, Danny. <laughs> yeah, what, Bangladesh? No, population. Yeah. I mean, I love yeah, being on the Facebook page and things Ooh, and people complaining that, about you. the cost of cheese and then it's yeah. like well <laughs> take your pick yes cheese is a lot cheaper in England but there's 60 million people in the same size country you, you don't want immigration yeah. so what way do you want it yeah, yeah. everything yeah. Uh, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I'm a firm believer that we need a bigger population but yeah. so if you've been at the meetings this week I come up with four things that I thought that I thought I really thought would be good to apply and the first one was uh, communities and actually being tighter together and having stronger communities and I noticed when I was traveling around Bangladesh especially that every 300 meters you'd bump into another community of people and they want you to meet their family and their brothers and their sisters and um, anyone 
and they and they want you to sit there and spend time with them, and that seemed to be the most valuable resource. And it was to the point where I could have spent the whole day just meeting people, and I thought that was quite nice. And they didn't have a dime, they didn't have any money really. So you know, from that we come back to Christchurch, and we I got my new car and I drove to Medford, and we sat beside a, a couple at another table and started speaking to them, having a conversation with a stranger. And I thought that was something I really wanted to do, is take those opportunities, have conversations with people, get to know people, spend a bit more time listening to people in their life, you know, or, you know, go visit an old people's home and ask those people what sort of life they've had, you know. And the other one was opportunities. Uh, We get so many opportunities put on our laps, and so many things that we get to choose whether we do or we don't want to do. And a lot of those third world countries, they have no opportunities and no way out that I could see. And I'm an entrepreneurial sort of person. I'm sitting there thinking, now if I was here and I wanted to have a big flash house and make an income to bring in enough to justify having this big flash house, first of all, where is these big flash houses? And when I was in Bangladesh, I travelled quite a lot of Bangladesh and I didn't see any big flash areas until I was leaving. And I walked down the street and they had cars. There was no rickshaws or CNGs as they call them. And um, it was Christmas time, and these big flash cars were turned up with these people with Christmas hats on, and they were going to Christmas parties, it was that time of year. And all the flash buildings that were in the street were owned by banks. And then it reminds me of the old saying, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. It's interesting, though, that you say no way out that you could see. But are they looking for a way out? Do they know about a way out? Are they looking for a big house, or are they just thinking, oh, I can't wait until I have another child or Auntie Betty's moving in with us soon, so, yeah. you know, so it's not about yeah. a way out. I remember when I went to Sri Lanka, I thought Sri Lanka was wealthier, but they were poorer. But because I saw more family qualities, I saw a lot of cleaner streets, all the kids were going to school in nice white uniforms. Um, but until I took a photo of a guy who was with a sickle and he was cutting the grass, and then he wanted money from me because I took his photo. He was 200 metres away from me, and I wonder why this guy was running towards me. And then he tried to hit me with the sickle. And I told him, to, well, I won't tell you, you can't say that. Oh, without. And then the taxi driver that I hired for the afternoon said, get in the car, I'll deal with this. Oh, oh serious. <laughs> he really did want money, and he was going to hit me. <laughs> you know, but then I thought, oh, why is he doing that? He lives in such a nice lifestyle. Then I did the research and realised that um, Chilanka people were a lot poorer, and they were after the money more. Yeah. It's really interesting, Sri Lankan, so I don't know whether it's changed now, but I go back a decade or so, and they were amongst some of the most, who had a population, highly educated people in the world. Um, and literally, to get a job as a clerk, almost, you needed next to near the equivalent of a PhD. You know, it's just, just because the competition was that fierce for people to get jobs, but they really, Sri Lankans really value education. Really value. They go to school for like 12 hours a day, don't they? What's in China, like how often, how often the school, like how long is the school day? Don't listen to this page, you'll be disgusted. But it's long, isn't it? It's supposed to Pendleton Primary, you don't know about schooling in China. <laughs> yeah, um, can't you pay to get out of that, <laughs> I don't know what it looks like right now. I mean, I don't know in the States. Back of, um, when I was a child, a child um, I probably start about eight or, eight or nine, eight, and then finish about five, something like a full-time job. Mm-hmm. But um, in high school, you got a pressure on. And then sometimes um, you have to keep studying till 9 or 11. And then we have it earlier. That's uh, quite precious. Pretty much on every child, I mean, every teenager as well. Because you have a fair road. I, I mean, everyone actually going to that bridge. And then you're going to that bridge because it's quite difficult, but it's fair. I mean, everyone got a chance. Um, because of the population's everything. Yeah, it's interesting because different places in Indonesia, for instance, because there's such a huge population, I'm talking now about Jakarta, um, they, they have in a school day 
two two sets of attendances. So you get one group that goes from eight in the morning till midday, and another group that goes from midday till um, five o'clock. Uh, sorry, something like that. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. And so and, and, and so they've got a, they've literally got to cram the kids the information in because because they've got half the amount of time that most kids in the world have to go to school. It's just pressure of people choosing different styles. And uh, for these days, I meet more and becoming more and more people who are actually bringing up the kids just for traveling to Christchurch or to Auckland for uh, for study. <coughs> and uh, even though they pay an um, overseas student price, they're still saving a lot of money. And, and I'm asking them why. Because they're saying is they want a different um, education and something like uh, here in New Zealand or Australia, they offer like uh, international grade of uh, primary school educations and it's pretty reliable educations and it's not that many pressures on the kids. If you want the same things in China, inside of the mainland of China, and then you have to pay more. So, and then, I never heard about like international schools when I was a kid, but now they're quite a lot and they're expensive. So it's kind of like in China, if you got money, you can get everything, including the air. <laughs> <coughs> I believe there. I sort of, because I went to China, Bangladesh, China, sorry, India, they all were, they could have been all been exactly the same countries because of the millions of people in each city. But there was a real big difference between each, and it seemed to have been all driven by money. Yeah. And like China had this amazing subway system and infrastructure and payment gateways, and even though it was kind of madness, it was all well controlled, it was a well ordered machine, it was a monster that was controlled. Bangladesh, uh, they didn't have money to dump, the government didn't dump any of their rubbish. So there's rubbish on the streets. And then the Bangladesh people thought, oh, it's a government's job, I'll just throw my rubbish out the window. So then you think, okay, well, how's the government going to do this now? You've, the city's discussed it. I remember seeing a passenger ferry, 500 people on it, turns up in the dock, parks sideways, literally scrapes each side of the other ferries, everyone gets off. The tidy people, so they sweep up all the rubbish, they open the doors of the ferry and just sweep straight into the river. And you thought, how does that work? Where, where do you get to the point where you think that's okay? And how is the Bangladesh government going to clean that rubbish up? They've just lost the plot, and now it's just the way they live. And they live for themselves, obviously. And then, uh, you know, so you suddenly think, well, how can I fix that? You know, personally, looking at all these greenies in New Zealand trying to save the planet here, I believe it's a joke. And I think, why don't you go over there? Because you can spend a day picking up rubbish and pick up 10, 20 times more rubbish there than you can here. ton of rubbish. Yeah, so are we selfish here? I think we kind of are in a way. We're looking after our own little wee la-la land. Yeah. And so we got to India. I I think it's expectations. Um, I was in India about five years ago, and I went on a... Tuk-tuk? I can't really yeah. what bloody Rickshaw. Tuk-tuk. I heard rickshaw. every variation of rickshaw. Tuk-tuk, do you want one? Yeah. And I got out <laughs> of the rickshaw. CNG. The guy asked, asked me for the money, and I handed him a note which was essentially twice as much. And he goes to give me the change, and I said, no, that's fine. And the guy that I was riding with, who was on my course, he said, don't ever do that. And I said, what? And, and I then explained that, hey, that's no problem to me. He said, it's not about you. He said, it's about that guy um, does that work, earns that money. If he gets that money, he's, he's quite happy. If he gets twice that amount of money, every time he sees a white guy, his expectations have gone up. And now if, if a white guy doesn't give him extra money, right, he's not happy. If you just pay him what he's asked for, he's completely happy. Yeah. And I think a lot of those people, all people, 
all, all over the world. They grow up in a certain environment of expectation based on their environment. And I've always you know, like expressed that if you walk around Christchurch and there is a lawyer, and then you walk around Christchurch and there is a guy who is on the side of the road homeless, there's a good chance that the lawyer and the homeless person are following a path laid out for them when they were born. They are no better or worse than anybody else, right? The lawyer may have a dad, a mum who's a lawyer. The homeless person could be, you know, like homeless, you know, like for years, all their life, you know, like whatever. We just don't know. A lot of the times, we meet the expectations. Does your dad and Nancy do it? Find out for it. No, no. Look, it's like we can move, and I think, right, the question that I have here is... Are we happier with opportunity? Because in New Zealand, we have the opportunity to go up or down. Overseas, they may not have that opportunity. Does it make us happier? I've just handed out the first two How bulls for uh, 2020. Never. Mm. <laughs> um, interesting story. The rickshaw driver wanted to, uh, wouldn't tell me how much, so I thought I won't push him on just to see how much he got there. I got to my destination and I was going to pay him 300 tucker. And, he, and when I got there, he asked for a thousand tucker. Wow! The most you ever pay is three thousand, uh, three hundred. And uh, and then and then I said, I'll give you two hundred now. And he goes, No way! And I said, That's what I'm going to give you. So you, I, I cut him off a hundred. And I said, Call the police. <laughs> so I laughed. And um, but he, he wanted a thousand. He was going to totally rip me off. And I said, Because you're totally going to rip me off, now I'm going to rip you off a hundred. We can do it. You know. But the problem is, four Robs have just been in his ritual beforehand yep. to pay the thousand. And I feel sorry for him. Because I've had twice what he asked for. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nick. I'm talking about the lawyer and the guy on the street. At what point there do you then start working on the break the cycle for the guy on the street, though? It's what he's grown up, it's what he's known. Where does someone step in and actually assist to help break that cycle? Because that's what, what, what if you went to the lawyer and said, I can help you? Come home with I will break your go. cycle. You see, right? We make judgments all the time that the lawyer it's is happy and the homeless person is not. We it's don't true. necessarily know right. that. Like we well, could make an educated decision. That's yeah. true. He's committing suicide next week, and the homeless person's quite happy because he's yeah. Mm. So you're hanging not me. I'll come. You're not, not happy. Yeah. Mm. Um, interesting. Uh, we scenario about a homeless guy, and this is quite interesting. Yesterday morning, listening on the radio, this guy Kelvin. He was um, blind, yeah, and he, he could speak nine different languages fluently, and he used to be a busker, and his life ended suddenly, uh, about three or four days ago, uh, unexpected, as they said. So I was telling somebody about this, uh, so he used to sing and busk in the square, and I thought, well, what point, I mean, theoretically he's blind, he's homeless, well, I don't know if he's homeless, actually, uh, and then all of a sudden he's decided to give up and take his own life. And you sort of think, wow, that's interesting. You put up, I would think, a fight all those years and then gave up at the end. Near the end, 57 years of age. Then somebody today, Paul Blackburn, said that he actually knew him. He used to work with him. And he used to work, I think, PDL. And that he used to um, put things together. He used to have all these boxes. And he used to know where all the parts went and put them all together as a blind person. And he said, but the funny thing about this guy, he used to sing at work and he used to tie a bucket to his leg so that people could put money but not steal his money. <laughs> and I thought, oh, a case guy. But they had little clips of him on the radio yesterday morning of things he was saying. And he said, uh, the, the biggest one is people uh, often think you would amount to nothing. And he said he's lived his life continuously trying to prove people wrong. And they I thought, said, wow, that's a chip on the shoulder. They said in the paper yesterday that it was a suspected heart attack. Oh, right. Okay. So, oh, yeah. oh, that's good to know. Yeah. They, when they say sudden... Um, sudden, what do they call it? You've never heard that one, sudden death? Sudden and unexpected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite often in the media that does amount to suicide, but in this case I, I didn't think it was either, I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it maybe didn't give up then. And his heart gave up. Yes, sure. You guys talking about the, uh, the guy who actually playing um, instruments. Hmm. Oh, no, that's the you're thinking about the guy playing the piano. No, not really. No, not really. Because, um, because I, I remember back in 2006 or 8, no, 8, eight or 2009, I know a guy that's pretty tall, um, just sitting right in the middle of the Castle Square, playing 
Radio Jack or Radio Ron? No, I know, no, no, Radio that? John. Radio Look at the Virgin Demonstrator around the corner for me. <laughs> no, 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 not him. He had a child and they got that kid. He had punched me in the face. Yeah, he's he's, 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 he's died, right? All right, passed away. Blind. I still have a blind. Sorry. And um, as he was born, like, um, not really completely blind, but I uh, can see a couple of the, the you know, shadows. And, the, uh, and then he become completely blind after after about 10 years and then he is time playing music um, but to be honestly about 10 years ago it sounds horrible I mean to be honest it's not really music but he's <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alright, so um, we started off asking that question why people come here today and Rob wasn't here at the time so what did you come here today Rob? Oh, but well, I told you to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have it, have it, have it. No, no, I actually came here today because um, I enjoy the company. But um, I did, like, I was just having a look out there and make sure that I knew what the topic was. Oh, I think we've skipped that. Yeah, that's the last thing. I think we're having that topic next week. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, over the holidays and stuff, I've been at home alone. So I have been decluttering and tidying up and organising and what I realised is that the phone was ringing a few times or emails from friends would pop up you know, or messages and it used to piss me off and, you know, and I quite like this and that's, that's anybody who, who meets me they say oh you're an extroverted Rob but I actually kind of aren't and ha- having had this break I've actually realised I, I don't like people. I don't like any of you guys. Later on, I just want Danny to myself. Yeah. No, 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 no. But, oh, all right. But yeah, you're next week. Yeah. <laughs> yourself. Now, I, I don't know that I've found myself, but I think maybe I've just been reminded that I do have a few things that I want to focus on, and if we don't focus on the things that we want to do and make us happy or, or get us where we're going, then we will be um, cluttered with all this other crap in our lives or our houses that take up our time. And one thing that I did realise is that uh, I, I didn't have anything that I had to do, yet the things that I wanted to do, I couldn't find the time. And I, I was finding that I was waking up at like 6 o'clock, getting straight out of bed, going to bed at 12 o'clock, only sleeping for about five and a half hours, which for me is a problem. But there still wasn't enough hours in the day. So how much shit are we doing <laughs> that we don't need to do? Because when I was working a nine-to-five job, I had heaps of time. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I always okay. remember I finished off my degree. Okay, but I finished it off part-time. So I held down a full-time job, and I had to do study at night times. And I was more productive then than any other time in my life. I yeah. But I'm just forced to do it. Yep. If you ever want like something done, ask a busy person to do it. Exactly yeah. right. Can we have a new topic for the meeting today then? Because how do you start this meeting off? This is the first meeting of the year. And what is, uh, what are we, I mean, you. Uh, I'm looking at, what I'm hearing from you is deficiencies that in your life perhaps. Things that you're gaping, that you're missing out <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking at things that I will do through the day out of habit yeah. without stopping to think is this worthwhile doing that old Eisenhower matrix okay yeah so is it important or is, it, is it urgent yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. and I actually think that there's a lot of things that we get into that take a lot of time and I'll tell you what Toastmasters is one yeah stop it I told you that yeah like 
Bloody hell, you could make a full-time job out of any yeah. role in Toastmasters. Well, th- this is the thing, we're in business, aren't we, to make money in a way. Well, that's what we're doing, isn't it? So why shouldn't we be more productive? I mean, we can't just work and work and work and get paid and do a job. I mean, I'm, we're doing quite well with our online shops at the moment. We've got 20 orders in yesterday. Okay, I'm going to sit here and process 20 orders for money. I'm bored already. I don't even want to start doing that, even though there's money in it. So you can't work for money. So we're here because we're passionate about being entrepreneurial, we like our business, we want to be successful, but the reality is if it just money just started rolling in the door, I think we'd get bored. How about if we had 2020 vision on what we wanted to achieve at the end of the year? Um, I had a and once we've achieved it, right, we can actually stop going and, and bug off and go on a holiday. <laughs> Yeah. Right, and just switch off from everything. I found these notes on the internet and it was a really good question that I was going to use for Elite Six. Uh, and I've got one here, if we give me a second, or we'll talk through. If you told two. yourself, I want to earn 100 grand this year, yep. and you earned that by July, yep. are you seriously saying you'd be happy going on holiday and doing nothing for six months? Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. He says pleasantly fraught. Um, It's nice to see you're off. No, no. But but I'm fat, I'm putting weight on, pisses me off, and and I'm not too sure why. I've re signed back for the gym, and I've been there every day since I re signed. (laughs) Only four days ago. Surprisingly, I haven't actually lost too much fitness, if you wouldn't think so. But I I realise I used to be a national ranked runner. You would not think so. And I hated running. And I used to be a horse trainer. And I didn't like horses either. But what kept me running and what kept me training is, is the end result. And I thought, there's a marathon that's at the end of May, early June. And I want to go. No, no. I I want to go in that because then every day that I go to the gym, I'm (laughs) focused on that goal, and it's going to keep me going, keep me Mm -hmm. going. You know, an extra five minutes, an extra ten minutes, a little bit more intensity, or whatever. But I think that in our businesses, I'm feeling some energy coming through today. (laughs) Uh, I think I think that in our businesses, right, we lose sight of the goal or don't even have a goal. So that we distract ourselves with all of these things that we like doing, mm-hmm. rather than than really aiming at the goal and nutting it, because a lot of the times we don't really go for the goal in a business because it's too bloody scary, and so we distract ourselves with all the things that we can do to keep ourselves busy that aren't moving us forward to where we want to go. Business. So it used to be 100 kgs, I lost 20 kgs. It took me 18 months, lost 5 kgs in the first 3 or 4 months, lost another 5 kgs over 12 months, and then, you know, I had a trainer standing beside me 3 times a week yelling at me, and I got down to 85 kgs, and then I got a lifestyle property and I started shoveling shingle around for 3 weeks and got down to 80 kgs. Then I crept back up to 90 kgs at a burst appendix, lost 9 kgs in a week, which I managed to find again. <laughs> now my average weight is 85 kgs, so every time... I get up to 90, near 90 kgs, I, I dramatically change whatever I do. So this year I got up to 89, I thought, oh shit, I'll have to start doing shit again. So then I worked really hard, I did a half marathon with no training. At that time I got to 85 kgs. Um, going to Bangladesh, not finding food to eat and starving yourself, that got me down to about 83 kgs. Coming home and changing my diet to a grass, uh, what it plant-based diet. I'm now at 82 kgs. I haven't been that, that weight for years. Um, stopping milk, everything. Just changed the whole diet. And so far, like my trousers are on the top buckle and they're still friggin' loose. And I, it was just changing my diet. And also not always being full and just been creating new habits. Hard work, but it's working for me at the moment. And my goal is to get to 80. You don't really need a long mover. A lot of what? Lawnmower. You don't need to mow your lawns. Because you eat the grass. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, don't knock an arm and um, not chocolate and do your hair one. It's like water. <laughs> <laughs> All 
right, so, so anyway, this is, a, this is a wee story, but I think it's come to me that I've been spending the whole year trying to get below 85 and I couldn't, and it's been simply changing my diet. Uh, not saying the meat eater thing and all this sort of stuff, it's just the fact that if you listen to the game changer on there, it's been amazing. But it's sort of working for me. One of the points you're making though is that habits, habit change comes about because yeah. of a goal setting, doesn't it? Yeah. Because oftentimes it's really hard to change a habit. Mm. But if you can set a goal which makes you change that, it becomes like what is it, doesn't it? Well, the real weird thing is Helen and I are doing the same thing. And we were talking about it yesterday, that we're telling people that we're going, we're basically going vegan diet. And everyone's giving us a hard time about it. And they go, oh, well, you're going to eat meat sooner or later and all that sort of stuff. And, and oh, you won't keep that up. And, and, and I'm going, I just stopped drinking for 12 months. And I started drinking again. I drink red wine only. And I go, why wouldn't I be able to do that? And also, I like change. I like making, I like, it's a, a wee addiction. But that is the interesting thing about things like diets, it will be interesting to see in six months from now when your body has adjusted to the fact that it's vegan mm. as to whether or not that weight stays off or whether it's other things because... Because it's been gluten-free, take a long time. And my yeah. body is, suffers with milk and I haven't stopped milk. But we're not doing it to lose weight so much. We're doing it for health reasons. Mm. And, yeah. It's lots of chocolate with vegan chocolate. But that's what, as soon as we were talking about that, I said, I'm sure the brain has got vegan. Yeah. Coconut, <laughs> coconut ice cream is delicious. Yeah. Nick? Um, when you're doing something like starting a new diet or starting an exercise regime or starting a business and people start to have a go at you and you're like, oh, it won't last. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Generally, it's their insecurity because they've had that idea and they've thought they were going to do it and they never do it because they don't have the guts to take that next step. So it's an insecurity of theirs and a jealousy of theirs and then they start prodding at you and going, you can't do it. Because mm. I couldn't do it, so you can't do it. And that's where it's more their insecurities than yours. Mm. No, you're there, right. It's, it's a really interesting experiment, though, because yeah. when you're listening to it, you're thinking, oh, I didn't expect that reaction. Stopping drinking yeah. is the yeah. worst one of those. People just can't cope with it. Yeah. People cannot cope when you don't drink yeah. because it points out to them their issues. Well, the funny thing is where deficiencies where it come into it. What's that, B stuff? B12. B12. Everyone says B12, you're going to have B12. And I said to Helen, what happens if you don't have B12? And she said, oh, you go a little bit crazy. And this, <laughs> I've never had it. <laughs> Long-term deficiency. <laughs> well, yeah. We just had a presentation this morning where this guy was saying K1 and K2. Oh. I didn't know about K1 and K2. Yeah. And, uh, that and was a kite. Hey? That the kite. No, 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 it's a point. And, um, and apparently, uh, uh, if you don't if you don't have sufficient quantities of iron, then you can get, depending on your age or whatever, what happens, but you can get uh, hardening of the arteries and all sorts. And so having K one and, and was it K two helps brain function helps with all sorts of little bits and pieces and um, where do you get it from um, primarily meat fish um, dark green vegetables like um, silver beet and broccoli and kale and those sorts of things is it um, babies get an injection Board. No, 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 no. The, the thing is that if mothers don't ha have a deficiency, I can't remember whether it's K1 or K2, yeah. um, prior to birth, then if they have a, if they have a deficiency, if mothers have that deficiency, then the kids are very likely to not obese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I Bloody mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so the, the weird thing I'm sort of getting at, like I, 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 you know, like the drinking was unusual. One who has an opinion about that, and the foods, uh, everyone has an opinion about that. Let's put it into a business perspective. What could we do that was sort of radical, like working four days a week? Oh, you can't do that. Uh, can I have a ball? Small speech. Rob. Can I have a ball? No more than a minute. Yeah, I think I think that sometimes. The human nature is that if we focus on a goal, we won't get it. But if we focus on a process, the goal will happen as a consequence. Yes. And with uh, the the drinking, smoking, and stuff like that, I've 
Chewing tobacco. Never had a problem with drink. Yeah. I do it very well. And I never smoke. But what I had, had done is I've stuttered and I've looked at people who, who are working on their stuttering. And I'll just tell you a little story. I went on a four day course and I go to my first support group and there's this guy using no technique stuttering. Pissed me off. Totally pissed me off. And I was so aggressive in, in my put down of this person. I don't think he turned up again. But nice story, right? But I didn't care. I didn't care because I was so focused on the process. And and to see somebody not doing what everybody else is in the room is doing is exactly the same as if we were a support group for smokers and someone lights up. You know, or you're at AA and someone has got, you know, like a hip flask and they're having a sip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't drink anywhere near as well. You know, and, and you think, and if that's your goal, if that is your, your major goal, you need to be around people that, as a consequence of, of bonding with those other people, we're all going to do the same thing. And we're all going to head in the same direction. If someone's going in the opposite direction, if someone's um, criticising your choice, mm. then I don't think you shut them out of your life or anything like that, right? But um, at certain times, right, you make sure that you're around the people who, who have made the same choice as you, right? Because it could well be that that person who's, who's criticising is insecure, or whatever it is, or has got their Maybe own problem, and they need help. And if we do this new age thing of of only be around, you know, like uh, the people you want to be, right? Then we're actually yeah, we're not them, doing them a favour. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I'm I'm truly of the opinion that if you're going to set goals for yourself then key amongst that is not only deciding what it is that you want to do for yourself and you know, obviously having good reasons for doing it because if you don't have good reasons for doing it, you want to do it anyway um, because if you're doing things because it's other people's goals then you just won't get by and you need but if you've decided that you need something then you know that age-old thing that you're told about about having people around you that basically you are accountable to for the goals that you've set yourself if you're able to organise that, and there are ways to do that, um, then that's the best way to see yourself achieve your goals. And But it's got to be, and I take Rob's point entirely, you can't have, you've got to have supportive people around you. You can't have people who say, well, it's never going to work, you're never going to do that. Because naysayers are not going to help you. You've got to have support. Okay. Let's I'm not insecure about my non-veganism. I'm just going to take the piss because it's funny. Yeah. And it gives you someone to go, I'm going to do it. Just to well, let's well. say how many people I talk to. You can imagine how many people I've yeah. said I'm vegan. And somebody said this morning, they said, really? Are you kidding? I said, no, no, seriously. But no one said, hey, Dan, it's nice to see you setting a goal. What can we do to help you stay on target with that? Not that I was looking for that. But theoretically, mm. if I said, I've had, oh, look, guys, I've had a, a drinking problem and I can't, I, I'm an alcoholic. You guys would all say, "Oh well, let, let's set a, let's set some goals to have you achieve that." But when it comes to food, now after listening to the game changers, and uh, is it Jane? Uh, James Will. James Will, and um, this guy was on the Joe Rogan, Rogan uh, podcast. Three and a half hours of my life, I sat there listening to this guy who boohooed the game changers thing, and then the scientific guy said it's all rubbish, and then the the cage fighter guy decided to defend himself. It was an amazing uh, amount of knowledge, and he had to, the scientific guy had to say, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've made mistakes on five counts. And it was really interesting, but after I listened to all that, he thought, wow, there's some real, and I'm, I'm not trying to change the world, but it, there were some real health benefits that were obvious that no one could deny. But when you tell people you're going to do a plant-based diet, it's sort of laughed at. It was just quite funny, really, but I don't know really why that is. So if... People think about something that they wanted to take on as a change, and people said, "Oh, David, there's no way you're going to be able to do that." Right? Then imagine, right, if that was flipped around, and they said, 
wow, David, that's fantastic. Is there anything I can do to help? You know, like perhaps I could do, do you want that? Because I don't. Because I, I don't want all these people helping me. Right? Because if they're all helping me, now, now if I fail, I'm going to feel like total crap. But if I succeed, I'm not going to feel that fantastic either. Because it's like everybody else shared in it, and it kind of took away my self win. Well, if you, I mean, the exact the situation you're talking about, and what I'm telling you is that I guess it's a matter of personality. Okay, because what I've found is I've dropped something like seven kgs. I've dropped. I've significantly cut back on the alcohol I consume. Where do you I've increased my fitness levels, and it's all around people that I'm sharing my stuff with, and they share their stuff with me, and uh, it actually works. Because what I can say to you is this: that I knew I was going to have to turn up every week and say how I'd got on in my four goals. Mm. Okay, and I succeeded that, but I succeeded that, and I would have to say if I hadn't succeeded. Okay. You don't tell lies about that sort of because that, that's self self defeating. Um, and it's it was actually knowing that I had to turn up and say to this person or those people, I haven't done it. That made me do it. You know how you said that, like you've got that old goal there and you're going to go and do the gym thing. It was me knowing that I'm going to have to sit there in that group of people and say, No, I didn't do it. I said I was going to do it, but I didn't do it. That actually got me going, got me doing the sorts of things that actually did that. Four, four months ago, he stood up in front of 25 people after listening to a talk on uh, intermittent fasting and said he's going to start doing intermittent fasting on Monday. And how'd that go? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think this is a really good subject. And what I'm getting from it is you want something, but you don't really want it. No, I... I, I don't want intermittent fasting. You want the outcome. But I, I yeah, I, I want, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, right, I want to be drunk, but not, you know, alcohol poison. Um, no. So if I said you're going to give you $10,000 every week that you lose 500 grams, every week, here's $10,000. But you're assuming right? it was money. Well, no, would that do it? That's my point. No, you know, 18 yeah, year old. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, okay. So then, what's your driver for losing But I think, I think is that we do need an overarching goal, and it could be that the overarching goal or, or reward or end outcome is not necessarily even related to what we're doing. You what's know? the purpose of losing weight? Why? The per- well, the purpose of losing weight for me. Right, is that I'm gonna tell you a really crude story here. Right, once you get above a certain weight, you start feeling it. You do, you do, and I've started feeling it. I've never felt it before, and I'm oh no, and so you know, I just dropped like a kilo and I didn't feel it. I think, wow, there's a kind of a threshold there, but once you've gone over it, I was looking at this lady walking along the other day, and yeah, you know, she did, you know, like the large lady wobble type of thing, you know. And I'm thinking, I think I, I could picture how I would feel if I was walking like that. And I can really picture it now, you know. And I think, wow, that must be, there must be a point where, A, you get to a stage where you feel it. And then you get to a stage beyond that where you think, I can't stop feeling this now. And when I was at 100. I didn't feel I was overweight at all. In fact, I thought I had prestige as a businessman wearing a uh, pinstripe blue suit because all the people I hung around were wearing those businessmen were all going out for meals and having a good lifestyle and had lots of money, and I thought it was a prestigious thing to be overweight. It was only when I met my my wife and she said, it's not prestigious, honey. (laughs) So then I went to lose the weight. If we had this think tank meeting for eight hours today... I would be annoyed that we broke in the middle for lunch. (laughs) But if we didn't have this at all and I was at home, I would be thinking, uh, as I was going through my work, not not as engaged, oh, yeah, I wonder what I'm going to have for a snack. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, every now and again we need a good distraction that 
But why don't you change? Why don't you change your diet? Why not look at the food you're eating and literally half the meals? Why don't you do that? But you see, this is the whole thing. Is that I I don't know. If you hear about a person in, in any endeavor that has willed themselves to be a top businessman, salesperson, um, uh, lose weight, whatever it is, and they've willed themselves, right? I can tell you now that a, a top guy in that field that I used to work with said, Rob, that's the 1%. What about the other 99%? Right? 99% of people can't will themselves, right? And so you've got to find some other strategy, right? I remember and two days in Bangladesh and not eating, right? I, and I, I, you know, I'm trying to justify that I had a bag of chips, but I don't think I did. I got used to hunger. And then I'm thinking, um, right, I couldn't eat. So, and then I'm looking at these people on the street which are working to get enough money to buy food so they can eat at night. And then one, well, two of those nights it rained. And all these people, literally they'll have, um, I, I worked it out, about 10 or 15 kgs of produce to sell. And out of it, they must have bought those vegetables or harvested them and then they sell them and then they have enough money to go buy food. And then I'm thinking, wow. Well, and, then, and then it rained two nights and they couldn't, they had to pack up all the food and put it somewhere. I don't know where they put it because they were living on the streets. And I thought, well, now they probably won't eat that night. So I'm thinking, well, they'll probably live for tomorrow so they can work and get enough money to eat and they've missed a day of eating because they had no option. But here we eat until we're full. So why don't you have, have a look at right yourself or each one of us have, have a look at ourselves and think at that time when we were doing what we'd like to be doing right for you it wasn't eating you know and maybe right you got into a mindset of i'm not eating i don't feel like eating um you know i'm going to lose weight i'm going to feel great when i lose weight but what's actually going on is it that you're in another country and, and you're not focused on food because you're so focused on everything else around you. Imagine if you went to Bangladesh and you're still in the airport for two days. How focused on food are you going to be? It's possible, actually. I actually started getting lightheaded to the point where I thought I have to eat now because if I get sick or fall over, I'm really in trouble, you see. So, you know, that was kind of weird. So then you sort of go into survival mode and you think, oh, I'll find some bananas. You know, so it's really weird. But my, my point really is with this is why don't we, are we going to carry, if we really want something, you've got to make a, direct, a change of some sort. You've got to make a goal, as David said, otherwise you're not accountable. Um, being accountable for something is the reason you do it as well. And um, yeah, just, just having goals to work towards. Everything should have a goal. Because if, if you don't have a goal, what's the reason for doing it? A purpose, a goal. So is there something that we need to change? I mean, you've had a heart attack. I'm not picking on you, Rob, but you've had a heart attack. And that was the healthiest time in your life. What? (laughs) What? They say that. It was. Because straight after that heart attack, you had to change things. You lost a lot of weight. Yeah, well, well, I did lose a lot of weight, and the interesting thing that I noticed is that I had had actually weighed myself the day that I had the heart attack. And, and I was 104 kg, which is the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And, and I was having a game of tennis, won the first set. And, and, and I knew something wasn't right. Um, and then in the second set, it's like I completely ran out of petrol. Um, but I still didn't realise what was going on. But have, having gone into the hospital on the Friday night, I came out on the Monday afternoon uh, at, at 99.5 kg. I'd lost four and a half KG, um, like in the hospital. I have no idea how I did that. Hospital food will do that too. Yeah. <laughs> that jelly's like eating a jelly. Well, the hos- hospital food was fantastic. And the one thing, like if I learned anything about food at, at the hospital, is that you don't actually feel hungry, right? And the food's quite nice. But you have um, a, a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner that are all exactly the same size. They're not the same things, but they're the same size. And so if I learnt anything, it's have three even meals. But of course, you come out and, and you stay focused. And in the next three months, I went down to 95 kg pretty easily. And now I've ballooned out. I'm, I'm over 104 kg now. Oh. And 
So, it's, it's, it's but you see, this is the thing. If, if I were to say stop, I would be willing it. But what I'm saying is that when you were in Bangladesh and, and you were doing what you wanted to do by not eating, that's where the real learning is, I think, because our, our body has naturally done what we wanted to do. We didn't have to will it, but something happened. What were the conditions? So what, what happened in Bangladesh that you didn't want to eat? I didn't want to get food poisoning, and I didn't trust the food that I was eating. It would be good for me, you know. And also I was traveling overnight, and also I didn't have a... Uh, I, I just couldn't really get to it. Like on a train for 11 hours, it's hard to get off and get food. You know, so you sit on the train and you just wait. And I, I, and I was walking literally 15 to 25 k's a day around the cities. And, um, you know, and I didn't have any food. In my I don't know, I just didn't seem to be able to find food to eat other than chips and Coke. <laughs> because in the Coke was a short time fix, 15 minutes. So it was a really strange experience. And then I, 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 I remember being one night, I booked um, accommodation. I was going somewhere. I was getting on a train at 9 o'clock at night. And I walked, I had two hours to kill before my train left, so I walked into the city to look for um, something to eat, and I couldn't really find anything other than bananas, and I finished up walking past some peanuts, I walked for an hour, finished up trying to find my way back to the place I saw the peanuts, and then I had a bag of salted peanuts, and that was my food, and then I ate that as survival food, so to speak, sort of, um, and, um, and then I just had a handful of nuts, and then I started eating little bits of food rather than having three meals a day, and that's what I've seen that three meals a day, we conform to that. And then after that, I literally went for one big meal a day, and we do that now, in a way. We, I haven't had breakfast yet, um, so we haven't eaten anything. We'll go out for a bite afterwards, and I'm going to go into a restaurant and ask for a gluten-free vegan meal, and they'll look at me like I'm stupid. They'll give you a bowl of ice. <laughs> yeah, and I'll have got salad, and i go, yay! How many salads can you eat in a week? But, you know, it's, um, you know, it's a really different way of doing it, but I enjoy the challenge. You know, and I, I seriously think that right here and now we could make you accountable because we don't want to see you dead rock. <laughs> and you're a long time dead, and I saw 200 people being carted into uh, I can, a place I of I actually tell people in this room a really bizarre thing. That once you have a heart attack, for about the first six months, Depressed. it is the biggest um, brain F you could possibly imagine. Because mm. right, you... Like I went into the rehab nurse after about two months, you know, to get a checkup, which is standard. And she said, "How are you?" And I said, oh, "I get chest pains here and you know, down my arm and da da da." She rushed me to emergency. <laughs> she wouldn't listen to me. I'm talking to her the whole time. When we got there and I got checked out, and they said, "Oh, you're fine." And I said to the nurse, "I said I get that every day." And she said, "Oh, but you're supposed to come into the hospital if you get it." I said, if I, if I did that, I'd be at the hospital every day. Mm. Because literally, chest pains all the time. And there's something weird with me uh, that if I go and exercise, well, there's a lot of things weird with me. But if I go and exercise, all the pains goes. Mm. It's completely the opposite of how it's supposed to go. So they're not really sure what these pains are. Because if it was angina and you exercise, it would get worse. Mine disappears. So, so walking... And, and the gym is my happy place. But um, the other thing that a lot of people probably won't get is that if you've had a heart attack, you don't fear death. Mm-hmm. It, it vanishes. So if I had a heart attack right now, I'd just die. Mm. All right? And I wouldn't even worry about it, right? So you can't use as a motivator, so hey, if you don't need, probably going to die. What are you going to do Because you're yeah. kind of... Cancel off. What's your team, Rob? What are you going to do? Really serious cancer. I've got a fucking sense of fear. And it's the same thing. I've already done my face death moment. And you just. Yeah. But I love life. And I don't travel these countries and want to ride on a train without thinking if I fall off, I'm going to die. But I love every day of life. I've been like that in the last three weeks. What you have. I have been literally the happiest I've been yeah. for the last three weeks. I, I feel like you're taken... on your own and you're, you're by yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No one around. No, I, yeah. do, I, do, I do actually think it's a lot of things, but I think that uh, the thing that I'm taking out this morning is that when you find yourself doing what you wanted to do, as in you're eating the right way, you're exercising the right way, you're running your business the right way, Stop, 
just momentarily and have a look around and go, what's going on here that this is happening there? You know? Because I don't think that we can will ourselves to do what we want, because if we could, everybody would have the job that they want, the education that they want, the partner that they want, you know, Life doesn't work like that, right? So we, uh, you're talking about drivers, aren't you? Really, what drives you? You know, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Why do you live life? You know, all those sort of things, isn't it? I mean, you know, like goals, goal setting, the future. We're living for the future. Breaking yeah. habits. Yeah. Willpower. Yeah. I've stopped biting my nails, and I have bitten my nails since day dot, pretty much. Well, what did I tell you about that? I finally stopped. I don't know. What did you when do? I saw you doing it, I said it's a dirty and disgusting habit. You yeah. eat the skin around your nail and you swallow it, and your fingers look terrible. And you've been, oh, thanks. And, then <laughs> you your and I said, what? I said, stop it. Just stop it. I have so what did you stop. do? I did stop. That's right. And then I started again. So, see, that made no difference. And then what did I say? <laughs> uh, then what did I say? I, I said, I'm so disappointed you did so well. You know, I said you did so well with that, and now you're starting again. I can't See, believe it. Made it made no difference that he said. No, nothing. if you no, gloves, gloves. Yeah. it gave accountability. If you wore gloves, yeah, right, and they really had hot. a little padlock on, yeah, and he had the key, yeah. would you bite your nails? No, because I'd have to go to him and get the key. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> a, a thing that I read years ago <laughs> was about a psychologist who couldn't go to the gym. He, he signed up for the gym, he had all these reasons why he wanted to go to the gym, but he just found that, that if he didn't totally focus, mm. he, he'd stop going to the gym. Mm. And he worked on, on the theory of following the path of least resistance. So what he did is he had a look at the situation, what actually happens. Well, I, I need to go to the gym in the morning, right? It's cold in the morning, etc, etc, etc. So he got dressed to go to the gym and went to bed each night. <laughs> and so and so when he woke up in the morning and he's got his shoes on and he's got you know his, his whole spirit on. It was easier for him to just go like that and walk straight to the car and drive to the gym than it was to, to undo each thing. So he he position I call it positioning. Yeah to put yourself in a place where it's easier to do the right thing mm. than the wrong thing. All right, so there's one thing. Funny enough, when Helen's going, oh, I really like my nails, they're really looking look good, what do you think? I said, get over it, honey, everyone's got nice nails. No, I didn't. He does, he's a poor I know, but that could have been colours. So okay, okay, so let's, let's go back to you, mister. Pra practical, though, if you had false nails on, you can't show them. Would you buy them? No, I have had false nails on before, but what happens is when they put false nails on, they look amazing, and then one drops off, and then your nails underneath are so weak, they just bend yeah. and break. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pointless. So the re how I got to this was I put nail hardener on it, and I just constantly put it on so that I wouldn't bite it with nail stuff on it, and that's how they've grown, really. I said put arsenic on the ends of the fingers. No, yeah. I've done all the thing of, you know, putting that yucky tasting yeah. stuff and all that, but you get used to it. Yeah, you yeah. put the effort in, you've got the reward, and you've yeah. got nice nails, yeah. you yeah. know. You're just going to stop biting your toenails now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, back to you. It's quite a skill there. Do you want to lose weight or don't you want to lose weight is the question. Look, to be perfectly honest, I don't think that I can focus on losing weight because if I focus on losing weight I'm focusing on my weight and I'm focusing on eating and I'll eat. Yeah. Uh, I ask you I again, do you want to lose weight or do you not want to lose weight? No, I think I think I actually want to get fit. Okay, I ask you again, do you want to lose weight or do you not want to lose no, weight? No, I think I want to get fit. I'm just practicing something I learnt once you ask somebody the same question three times you get a different answer? So I think that if I focus on getting fit, yeah then what I want to happen will happen as a consequence. Yeah. I have a, a low resting heart rate, 47. Okay, even when I was 85 or 90, I still had the same resting heart rate, which means I'm actually quite fit, but I was carrying a lot of extra weight. The only thing that's really worked lately is buying pants, new pants, and now they're too loose. But um, it is actually 
uh, changing something dramatically. You know, starving yourself. That's intermittent fasting. You know, not being full when I eat. Not getting that feed that makes me feel like I've had a good meal. I come home hungry. So I've just got used to hunger at the moment. But I'm still eating properly. And so are you guys doing the intermittent fasting on top of the No, it's just, you? uh, it's a new, like, you can't, you can't go and get food just like you normally would. We went, where did we go last one? Um, Westfields? Oh, yeah. With Chinese? Yeah. So you go to the Chinese thing, I want uh, gluten-free, so we're going to get koma, veggie, veggie koma with rice. Well, you you sit there eating the things, something's yeah. missing. Yeah. 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 I'm doing a bit of intermittent fasting. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't eat till generally after 12. Right. And you would, have yeah. had, you would have had dinner by 8. So, yeah. 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 Hey, I'm, I'm doing it as well because I don't eat it all between the times that I eat. Yeah. 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 But you'll have a scone, yeah. you'll have a scone now, which will be about And only after room got there. All right, so um, I don't know if we had a topic to discuss, but if we did put a topic on today, I suppose it is uh, habits or changing habits, being accountable in habits, yeah, forget about it. Yeah. Next week, what are we discussing? Like 2022. Okay, I'll repeat that. <laughs> Alright, so that's our podcast. Sorry, it was a bit all over the place, but I thoroughly enjoyed it as per normal. Uh, tune in for next week, or I'll find you...